to They Got Hope with Father Dave and Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And my volume wasn't up when I started it. Nope, it wasn't. But it got up. It got up, yep. So yep. it's louder now. Yep. And I'm Bob. And I'm crazy. <laughs> you crazy man! What's up? I'm uh, not much. You're good? Yeah, I'm really great. Good. Yeah. yeah, and it's great to have all of you listeners uh, present and accounted for. <laughs> what is that mean? Is this like the evening? I don't know what's going on. No. It's already, is, yeah, it's already is, feeling yeah. a little crazy. Yeah, this is a morning podcast, too, so right. this is unusual. Right. Well, it was a great week last week with priest deacons and seminarians. It was an amazing week. Yeah, that was Actually, special. Actually, so the conferences, having the conferences has been a blessing. Just having people together. Uh, I drove up to the campus the other night and... You know, there was a thousand kids right, running yeah, for around. The second yeah, the, the high school kids, and it was just, it was just wonderful. But the priest conference, which we do a priest deacon seminary retreat, starts on Monday, goes on Friday. We've done it. Is that Actually, officially called a retreat? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I should, I should get that you nomenclature should. correct. Yeah, you should. Well, partly because, yeah, it, it's interesting. We we were, were very intentional about this is ministering to the minister, right? You know, so. Uh, it's a retreat, yeah, so get that right next time. Well, it's funny, you know, we just get used to the language of conference. Yep. You know, I remember when I first heard of the Steubenville Youth Conferences when I was in Florida, and they just said, do you want to come to a Steubenville Youth Conference? And I thought, like, is that Ooh, like a, a youth cheese packers yeah, conference? Right, like, right. does everybody have name tags, and there's like an expo booth? Cheese and packers? That was just the first thing Where I thought of. Where did that come from? Because I grew up outside of Chicago. So what there's does a lot that have of, to there's do? A lot of cheese. A lot of cheese there's a lot of cheese packers. Che- yeah, yeah. The Green yeah. Bay Packers. I think they were cheese packers. <laughs> well, what else did they pack? What do you pack? Suitcases. Yes. This is unbelievable. <laughs> no, it, wait. I think doesn't Green Bay Packers have something to do with cheese? They they wear cheese on their heads. What does that have to do with you living outside Chicago? It's just the area. Okay, I'm just fine, saying it's fine. the area. Right, it's the, it's the milieu in which I grew is, up. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, as I was saying before yes. we got lost on packing cheese. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, honestly, for, for especially for the, you know, the priests and deacons. But in some ways, obviously, the deacons had their, their spouses and, and their kids. Priests were profound, especially diocesan priests. Yeah. were so isolated, and and honestly, I, I joked. I said that we could have just come together and not really done anything, and mm-hmm. it would have been such a blessed time for them. And in the evenings, they just spent time together. I think so. I've been doing conferences for a long time, and I've done the priest conference for twenty years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wednesday night, we did this just a beautiful. We have we usually have adoration every evening, and this particular night. We put the Blessed Sacrament in the middle of the um, of the field house, and then as opposed to on the stage, yeah, on the stage. Good, good, would, thank you. Right, and then um, and then we put kneelers right in front of it, and, yeah. then, and then we just we started the adoration. Obviously, you were leading the the worship, and then just invited the priests and deacons and seminary just to come and just kneel before the Lord and just spend some time with Him. And like I, I always joke, I've got the best view in the house, right? And mm-hmm. and maybe we can maybe we can if it's easy to post a photo, maybe we could post a photo with okay. it. Okay, um, but. Just seeing the priests come up and kneel, and it was, it was crazy. I mean, some were weeping, uh, some were smiling, some were—I mean, it was just the some whole— Some were on their face. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really beautiful, the whole range of emotion. and I mean, you, you heard Father Chris's homily. He was a, a priest in Brooklyn, and he was talking about literally they would go to the cemeteries, and it looked like a battlefield, just all of these— Graves that were being dug, waiting to put bodies in them from COVID. It was just. He, he shared the average amount of deaths in New York each day is around 100, but at the height of uh, the COVID issue, it was you know, 500. You know, yeah, that was almost a, six. That, yeah, that was a continual issue. And, you know, that's, 
It's sobering. I mean, again, yeah. we've talked about this a number of times on the podcast. There are some areas of the country, I would say Steubenville's one of them, that feel relatively unaffected, you know, by any serious, right. you know, That's I fair. mean, things like that, yeah. you know, and it can also, it can almost make some people, and I've heard them say like, oh, it's a hoax or something else. And then you hear stories like that and you go, well, I think there's a more nuanced measure. You know, people having to wait two weeks to have their loved one buried. Right. You know, yeah. even, even honestly, even if it wasn't from COVID, the vast majority of war, but even if it wasn't, right. the nature of everything going in New York at that time was, he was saying like, when, when he went to the cemetery, the, you know, the officials, whoever they are, said, you know, don't get out of your car, just bless them from your car. And he goes, I'm not going to do that. You know, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Right? right. And it was just, it was just so hard. You know, yeah, it was crazy. So it was, it was honestly, it was just such a blessed, amazing, uh, Great time. With, I got to be Greece. in the Deacon's track, which was fun. Um, they let, they let me. Not yet. Oh, okay. No, no. I, okay. I snuck in there. That's interesting. I played guitar. It's kind of how I get into okay. rooms. I'm yeah, like, I'll play get, a song. Yeah. They're like, all right, all right, all right. We'll all let right. you in. But they were uh, just love to all of the deacons that were there who were just so kind to me and so encouraging. And um, really our Deacon's track, you know, Ralph Poyo, Deacon Ralph Poyo led it, who's uh, just a, a great man. And um, there weren't really any talks. It was just... Ministry. Some themes and break into groups and discuss and pray with each other. And it was just a great group of guys. I mean, I think anybody that comes to our campus, you know, certainly shares in a certain vision and a certain spirituality. And uh, just to be able to be with brothers, you know, like that, uh, just refreshing. It's it, also it fun exciting. that the students who work the conferences, they always say the priest conference is their favorite. Yeah. You know, did you just say conference? I'm it's a priest re- retreat. Yeah, retreat. Right. Thanks. Yeah, Get it right. Say. Sorry, okay. my bad. Do you have a thing that you could like? Mah, mah, mah. I'm sure I yeah. do, but I'm not right. going to right now. Um, yeah. So just the, the students always have a, just a blast with guys because they're so friendly and, and they just love, like they, they always love when we do confessions because, you know, we've got, we had about 120 people and confession takes about five minutes, right? Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. worth explaining because I've been so blessed the past 15 years to play well, yeah, the, at well, this give retreat. Give me your perspective what, yeah. what you see. Well, I remember the first time I did it because, you know, it's not something I would normally, you know, be at, be at this yeah. conference. And I remember as a musician, uh, you know, I was assigned all the summer conferences and I was like, and the the priests, am I allowed to be in there? Yes, you can be in there. And so uh, this is when Father Mike was leading it, and it's been a tradition ever since. They uh, say, we're going to go to confession now. And what happens is a number of priests stand up, and they go against the wall, and other people just stand up and go to reconciliation with them. And then when those priests have received reconciliation, they do it to others. And really, uh, I mean, even when when we had numbers of 300 or so, uh, it would still take about 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah, and, yeah. and and in a beautiful way, it wasn't like, all right, you know, I, I did this, 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 this. You're going, you know, like you're seeing men praying over men. Well, and there's something. You're seeing be- genuine conversations. <laughs> there's happen. something beautiful about seeing a priest go to confession. Yeah. I mean, amen. And most people. I've probably, never seen that yeah, in my life. I was going to say, yeah. most people have probably never seen that. But, you know, obviously I go to confession all the time. And, and to I see. I hope so. For well, this, because St. John Paul II did, and it's a model for all priests. Words hurt, Bob. Mm. So, um, Can but, I go to confession? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but just to see, uh, yeah, just that image of, of seeing men go to confession, seeing brothers go to confession. It's just, it's, it was just a beautiful, beautiful week. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, the other element of it is not that that's the focus of it, but it ends up being a, a men's conference in that sense yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. And Sister Miriam, uh, who was on my Speaking with Deacons podcast, which will be released next week for those of you that care, um, I, one of the things that she she said that I loved, I mean, she has a real heart for ordained men. Just And, you know, she just said, I want you to know, all of you men here, that your masculinity is not toxic, it's beautiful. Yeah, and so. she really spoke so profoundly 
from a perspective of femininity on mm. the beauty of masculinity. And you just, you just don't hear that. I mean, it was no, such it an was... affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, you know, I, we've been to many of these mm. obviously, but there was something very special about a lot of things, particularly culminating in that Wednesday night, yeah, yeah. you know, adoration. It, it, yeah. Praise be Jesus Christ. Amen. The spirit's Amen. working and, and things are happening. Well, before we go on to other things, let's talk about Franciscan. Uh, Here's our promo for the week. At a recent World Communications Day, Pope Francis encouraged people to evangelize using all forms of communication— Art, movies, news, the internet, this very podcast Podcast. to bring that hope to that's the new that's gonna be the new song. No, that is is, that is that is. is I'm gonna work on it right now. It's gonna be a Star Trek E. To bring the word of God alive. At Franciscan University, that's exactly what we train our students not to sing Star Trek songs, but uh, to do the evangelistic stuff in our communications art program, whether they major in multimedia, digital broadcasting, journalism, or film studies, they develop the technical skills to succeed as media professionals. And they receive a thorough Catholic education that prepares them to be moral and ethical leaders in the world of media. For more information about our communication arts program, go to franciscan.edu. That's franciscan.edu. Yeah. We have an email too. Oh, we do have an this email. Is, this is like, this just makes my day. Um, no, it's early, but. it's no, yes. <laughs> we, we only just got up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a low bar, but it's yeah, a good yeah, place yeah. to start. Uh, dear Father Dave and Bob, my name is Ethan Wright and potentially your only listener yeah. in the military. And you know what? We have no other proof it to the contrary. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I've been in the Navy. Go Navy. For nearly eight years. I'm a nuclear machinist mate. Dude, that just sounds like. Actually, I mean, it's actually he says, which sounds much cooler than it actually is. No, I disagree. Is. <laughs> He's selling himself short, Ethan. That is, that's. He, he goes on to say, we are known. We referred to as nukes, and just for perspective, if seals are known for their manliness, nukes are known for their nerdiness. This is a go group big I could or hang go with. Home. Go seriously, seriously, go big or go. I want to hang with a bunch of nukes, and I'm yeah. just going to bring Dungeons and Dragons, and we're just going to. No, but time. seriously though, do you you want a nuke on your side? I mean, oh yeah, dude, that guy. Yeah, I saw war games. Yeah, seriously. If the okay. only way to win is not to play. Yeah, tic tac toe, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so no, seriously, the guy. Like, what if he just shows up in a nuclear sub? I mean, granted, it's limited on where he can go, <laughs> but no, I'll drive. I'll pick you up. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it would be fantastic. Do you think he could get us like? A tour in his boat? All right, so... Well, it's not a boat. I probably just offended the entire Navy, didn't I? It's a retreat, not a conference. Okay. It's a sub, not a boat. Okay. Um, the uh, So Ethan tried to hook us up with a... Uh, yeah. You know, what if we just snuck on board and did all of our shows? <laughs> we would do a lot. Ethan, we would do a live podcast from your from nuclear, your nuclear submarine. submarine. Well, actually, uh, his note finally here is also, uh, you were probably hoping for a listener who served overseas and had a chest full of medals proclaiming his valor. Sorry to disappoint you, but... Uh, since you asked multiple times, if anyone in the military listened, I figured I'd reach out, uh, which is which is great. So uh, thank you, Ethan. Uh, thanks for reaching out. Uh, we're praying for you, uh, and yeah. uh, I'll respond to this email as well in a little bit more detail. But we're just grateful yeah, but, for yeah, totally the shout grateful. out and, and for your service. And that's for the what country. I was going to say exactly. I mean, I've got a friend who's uh, works in a sub, and that's just hardcore. I mean, they'll go underwater and they'll be underwater for like a month, yeah. and they just eat carrots. I mean, I don't yeah, know. That, that's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember watching Hunt for Red October, which I'm sure is exactly like yeah, it that's is. that's exactly right. That's right. 
<laughs> but yeah, I'm a bit claustrophobic, so I would not. Uh... Really? I didn't see that coming, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Boy, I would have thought that would be. I have a be, lot of issues, apparently. I would have thought that would be, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's, thank you, Ethan. Actually, that's really awesome. Yeah. And again, thanks for your service. It's awesome. Cool. Um, and in other exciting news this week, the bishops. Yes, the they bishops. Had a, they had a meeting last week. Washington, D.C. And they but voted. Virtual. Was it largely virtual? It was largely virtual. Okay. And, no, yeah, it was largely virtual. And they uh, voted to have yes. a new youth and young adult ministry document. Which nobody paid attention to because they also voted on coming out yeah. with a statement about the Eucharist. But let's just give a shout out. Other things happened at that meeting, which is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. As somebody involved in youth and young adult ministry. Okay, real quick. Very so excited what about is that? that? Well, let's get to the topic that everyone's interested in, more interested in. But what does that mean, the youth and young adult? <laughs> what does that mean? So our last uh, documents regarding youth ministry and young adult ministry occurred about 25 years ago. Okay. And a lot has happened since then. And really? Uh, particularly in light of uh, the synod that was a number of years ago on youth. Youth, vo- uh, youth to faith and vocational discernment. We and should all host the, a conference or something. We like should, that on yes, that. and uh, and all the other movements going on in the world, and you know the the huge numbers of young people leaving the church. I'm really excited that uh, the bishops are going to try to give some clarity because even as somebody that teaches courses in youth ministry, it's it feels now like you really have to have a high level of expertise to weave through all of the documents and the history. And the nice thing about a statement from the bishops is it can give a common language and a common vision and a common framework. There's still a lot of work to do. It mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm. solve everything. But I, I almost envision it like the rudder of a ship. Mm-hmm. You know, like right now it feels like the field is heading in a lot of different directions and just bringing that together. There's a little bit of direction for is, youth ministry. It's going to be a huge blessing, awesome. I think, for those That's of us awesome. that work and care for young people. But you're right. I didn't see any social media posts about that exciting development. And it what was, did you see social media well, posts Interestingly about? enough, they seem to be talking about Joe Biden and the Eucharist a yeah, lot. Even yeah. though I saw the presentation, I was actually I was actually watching it because the youth ministry one was the one right before it. Okay. Um, and I was eager for that. And then the next agenda item, I'm like, ooh, buckle up. I want to you know see this one. So there's a presentation from uh, one of the bishops who's on the Committee of Doctrine. And the presentation, I thought, was very, very well done. It's on the USCCB website. You can check it out. Uh, it... He, he specifically went out, he said, you know, like, look, this isn't about one individual. There's an issue in the church regarding the church's understanding in the United States of the real presence right. of the Eucharist. Yeah, not just the United States. I think right. It's but I mean, they're talking but, about but for the bishops. And they had some stats focuses. lately right. that a number of active Catholics it's unbelievable. don't believe but in, I think, in their I, real presence. I don't want this point to get lost because unfortunately it is, everything is going to focus around Biden and then some other congressmen will talk about that in a moment. Mm-hmm. But but this is much bigger than that. And right. what the media wants to portray this is the bishops are coming out and saying certain people can't go to communion. It's much bigger is that what they want to be able to do is really highlight and educate and evangelize and catechize right. the Catholic population in the United States under the beauty and the goodness and yeah of, of the centrality of the Eucharist in the Catholic's life. Yeah. And in the light of that, all these other questions are being raised. Right. And and I thought the other good point that they were making, at least in the initial presentation, was like, this isn't about one issue. This right. isn't just about abortion. Right, right. Um, there are just so many other things to be aware of that would help a Catholic be able to discern if they're in the proper disposition to receive the Eucharist. And it begins with a, a teaching on, you know, Christ in the Eucharist and what does the Eucharist mean for us as Catholics right, and how might right, we... Right dispose ourselves properly for that. I don't think the bishops will necessarily say anything new about it, um, but 
it really needs to be said. And and I, I pray for bishops. Uh, I hope all our listeners pray for bishops. There's a lot of frustrations regarding bishops. Um, you know, some were really upset with the way COVID was handled. Obviously, uh, there's been a slew of scandals, you know, over the past couple decades. And or, yet, or the last 2,000 years. Yeah, amen, right? I mean, it's it's not necessarily a new thing. And so one one voice I heard a lot on social media, of course, social media loves to be snarky, was, well, who are these guys to say anything? And in a sinful sense, you're right, there are nobody to say anything, and yet they have the apostolic responsibility no, that's, to, to some, speak up. So they're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't. Somebody said to me, right, why should we listen to our bishops? I said, because we're Catholic. I yeah. mean, if we just dismiss that. Now, again, I, I think it's worth reiterating is that there are some individuals and some bishops who have done some things and said some things that, that, are, that are just crazy, right? Yeah. Um, but as a body, when they're coming together, and particularly speaking on this, you're right, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Yeah. So we need to pay attention to this. And it was interesting, the vote was much, much more in favor than they thought it would be. They thought it would be a little bit closer, but over what, something 75%, yeah. 70% or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was a strong, <clears throat> we need to, you know, now, of course, there's going to be a lot of wrangling over sure, the language sure. of it, to be sure. But I think in the idea, the principle of it would be, we have to say something right. like, you know, we even if even if Biden wasn't the president, like even just with other things, we have to say something. But with that, that adds an right. added element. Well, and and, and just, then you and get some of the that, political both, response. Both you and I know that some of this conversation and dialogue was taking place before Biden became president. Right. So this whole refocusing of the church and catechesis and evangelization as it relates to the Eucharist is not something that just happened since November or whenever he got elected. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. But it's been, you know, the, the fallout, particularly, I think there were 60 uh, Catholic Democrats or Republican, not, not Republicans, uh, congressmen who, you know, wrote a letter to, to the USCCB asking not to weaponize the Eucharist. They were quoting Pope Francis and, um, yeah, and then there was who's that? Who's the guy from? Um, but just, just oh. yeah. Well, th that whole thing. One of the things that these these uh, again, in, in, it's just it is because I'm not, we're not making political statement, okay? Right. But all the ones that did this were Democrats. Yes. So, the Democrats have an issue. Yeah. I mean, the Democrats have an issue on Catholics and and how they're going to be faithful to what we believe is Catholics, right? So, and this is part of the what the media is going to jump on is is this. So, what? But one of the things that they said is. Um, you know, we're, we're Catholics. We, we love being Catholic, which is beautiful and good. Um, but we don't agree with the church's teaching on abortion. And did they mention other, some of the others? The, the congressman from California, who we'll talk about in a second, did mention other things. But, but the thing that they said that's so messed up is that says, we follow our conscience. Right. And it's like, well, if your conscience is telling you that abortion is okay, your conscience has not been formed. And that and that's such a go-to, I think, for some people to say, well, I'm just following my conscience. Well, it demands that your conscience is formed well. And the individual who, who is who is honestly going and following, you know, what does the church teach? Why does she teach it? Why do we, uh, what do we understand about the beauty and the dignity of the human person? Why is the abortion such a profound violation of that? And then the individual can say, well, I'm following my conscience. That's just... That's just crap, you yeah. know, and and that's where they, they pick and choose. Even that, you know, don't weaponize the Eucharist. They pick and choose what they want to create an argument that allows them to do what they want, and that just that's 
Well, and, and they do it, they do it in a manner that again, it's always, well, let's point at other people, you know, well, if you're screwed up, then I can be screwed up, you know, as opposed to lifting everybody. One of the things they said is, uh, no elective officials have been threatened with being denied the Eucharist. Now, by the way, the bishops in the statement are not threatening that, but I can see where that's coming from. Uh, as they support and have supported policies contrary to the church's teaching, in- including support of the death penalty, separating migrant children from their families, denying asylum to those seeking safety in the United States, limiting assistance for the hungry and food, uh, and denying rights to the dignity of I- immigrants, um, which is I mean, these are all issues, right, you know, sure. and, and these are all sins, you know, well, in, in but, that bigger but see, picture. But the difference of, is some of those are policy issues. Right. Some of those are policy issues. And, and I mean, I don't think anybody is going to say, you know, we shouldn't feed the poor. Right? right. It's a question of what's the best way to do it. Abortion is, and again, they make it clear that abortion is not the only issue, but that's the one that's getting over the Abortion is not a policy issue. It's it's the It's the destruction of a human life. So... They always they always throw that out, but it's just not fair. I think it's disingenuous. Well, but I think it's probably ingenuous for them. Well, because this is the way they see it, right? I mean, you're getting you're getting right, a right. you're getting a perspective on their worldview, which is to say, well, yeah, even if abortion is wrong, but so is that, so is that, right, so is right. that. As if so, these are all equal, right? Right. right, right and right. I think that's and, it, and I think that's the argument. And then they close it up with, um, and we're following our conscience. Well, <laughs> but your very <laughs> argument right there shows that you've, you've not done a very good job, right? Yeah, we're we're obliged to help form our conscience. I mean, that's right. what Jesus came, you know, gave us the gospel because well, on our own. We're not going to really be able to tell what is right and wrong without the light of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then there's the congressman who who tweets out that says, you know, I'm I'm pro divorce. I'm in favor of divorce. I'm in favor of contraception. I'm in favor of uh, gay marriage. I'm in favor of transgender. I'm in favor of abortion. And all this, and he said, and I'm Catholic, and I dare you. I'm going to cut. He actually says the next time I come to mass, which is interesting. I wonder what that means. I dare you to not give me communion <laughs> next Easter. Yeah, yeah. I, I dare you to not. And that's just like, it's like yeah. so yeah. in your face. And So what's behind all this? Evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think it's honestly, right. Bob, you know, it's it's the evil one. That 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 the the greatest gift of, of Jesus in giving himself in the Eucharist and 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 we use this as a political statement, as a political as a cheap tweet that you put out there. I mean, it's just it's so messed up. And and in the evil one, the, the Eucharist is supposed to be the place of unity. So if the evil one can cause us to be separated, that De Montfort says the corruption of that which is best is worse. The best is the Eucharist. And mm. if we can corrupt that, and if we can cause people to be divided and fight about it. And and I'm gonna say something that's probably somewhat controversial, right? Okay. It breaks my heart. You know, so when 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 somebody says I'm not a bishop says I'm not gonna give the um, president if he, if you were to come, I'm not gonna give him communion, right? What breaks my heart is that people cheer that. And I get the fact that they, they want the bishops to stand up and they want that. that I understand. But what, 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 what we're saying in an individual who can't receive Eucharist is that they're, they're separated from the Lord and their very salvation is in jeopardy, right? If we yeah. believe what we believe as Catholics. So that's not something to be rejoicing. It's, it's, it ought to break our heart. Yeah. Now, I, I agree with the church. I think there needs to be this document. I think there needs to be clarity. I think there needs to be situations where you say you just can't present yourself after all that you've said and done and what you hold but but i don't celebrate that right that's really that's really sad and it breaks my heart and that that that's the part of this that bugs me is that people cheer and and they're glad it's like ah well we treat people like topics you know and we forget the humanity um you know i mean again 
Joe Biden is a human being, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, he's a baptized Catholic. Yeah. He has a he has a love for his Catholic faith. Yeah. I mean, he goes on a regular basis beyond just the political spectrum mm-hmm. of that. And we should be praying. I mean, just like we should be praying. I mean, I was praying for the salvation of Donald Trump. Sure, you know, sure. like I felt so often that, you know, there were those that were like, well, you know, he's pagan and, you know, but at least he's doing pro-life things. It's like, yeah. ah, you know, whoa, you know, like, hey, this is, I mean, at the end of the day, right. you know, the, the, the love that God has for all of us and the way that we should be praying, mourning, fasting. And it goes to what you and I have talked about numerous times in in almost a year now, what, yeah. 10 months, is this this demonization. So I profoundly disagree on so many things about Biden. And, and what he's done, but but we still have to, like you said, we still have to pray for him. I don't hate him, right? You know, I don't demonize him. I don't look, at, but the, we we have this tendency of just this total separation that says, okay, some of the things that he does is bad. Therefore, I just dismiss everything. And we did the same thing with Trump. You know, yeah, some of the things that Trump did was good, so we dismiss everything else, right? And, <laughs> right. And again, that's I'm just I'm working on something. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but this whole politicization that's going on in the church and taking these political theories or feelings or emphasize and and putting that on the church, I think, is a messed up thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm done with it. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. When we use that language mm-hmm. of the world and mm-hmm. we try to communicate that to the church right, right, right. but all of it but we're all complex sound bites. Yeah, yeah, yeah i mean that's it yeah. we're, we're we we no longer want anything more than a soundbite an instagram picture a quick you know tell me quickly what i need to think about this because i want right, to move right, on to right, the rest right. of my life like even reading beyond headlines right. is a rare activity right. and if we care right. about it we should and so i would encourage all of you uh, that are passionate about this i know many of you listening are go to the usccb website and just read, you know, watch the video presentation, read what it had to say. I mean, we, we waste a lot of time on other things in media, like goofy podcasts. <gasps> Not this one, of course. No. Uh, but speaking with deacons. Yeah. Um, but, like, take time to actually read a little bit. Read a little bit. Because this is a conversation that will come up, as it probably already has, around your water coolers, at your places of work, yeah. and other things. And it's good to be informed and be able to say, actually. And the other thing is, but, and this, is, that this, this may stretch a few people. Um, Read some some pieces that are not on your normal feed. Yeah. I mean, because there is a way that everything we see is it just kind of it's one point of view. And and there it's again other issues, not just this issue. Right. Nuance is important and, and da- actually facts and details are important. So it's sometimes we get kind of stuck in all I'm going to read is one way of looking at it. And I think that's a good idea to look at some other things. One of the habits of a highly effective person is to seek first to understand and then be understood. Thank you, St. Francis. I know, right? Oh, is that Francis? I thought, I thought it was Steve Covey. <laughs> he stole it from, he stole <laughs> he from stole the prayer of St. Francis, which, I was kidding. which Francis didn't write. So. Right, but that's okay. But it, it imbues his spirit. But it's a, it's a, I think it's a lost, I think we get so caught up in these fights and posts and other things that's a good message, you know, master that I might not seek so much to mm-hmm. understand as to, no, wait, the other way around. To understand as to be understood. Yeah, and maybe that's a good prayer for us because that's the only way we're going to end up having healing and unity in any of this. Yep. Hey, have you watched any of the Olympic trials? I know this is a, a, just a total side note. Do you watch any of that? No. I've been watching uh, basketball playoffs. Okay, I've watched and, some of the— And the lightning just destroyed the Islanders. I didn't know the lightning was basketball. Yeah. Okay. I was segueing to hockey. Okay, there you go. I missed well. that. I missed right. that. That's okay. I watched some of the Olympic trials, which it's just really amazing. Those those athletes, like 
somebody missed the Olympics by like one <sighs> one hundredth or one one thousandth of a second. Yeah. And it's like, can you imagine training for eight years and one awesome. one? I, I I went online to figure out how quick is a snap. Yeah, and it's less. I mean, it's like half of it's just crazy. Anyway, it just that's a side note that I thought was interesting. Well, while we're tangenting, why don't we yeah. talk about four PM Media? We got another plug. Well. Yes, but you went straight to the like the heart of the matter. So oh. I get a text message from Sorry. my younger brother, Tom, and he says, WTH. What does WTH stand for? I didn't know that's what Washington the football team. Okay. He goes, Father Dave and Bob discount, discount <laughs> code didn't work at the 4 p.m. media site when I just tried to order some stuff. And right. Of all the places that right, the discount code right, doesn't, work, doesn't work, it's at your site. It's at my site. <laughs> So that, that just made us laugh. All right. So we are here to announce that um, the Wild Goose, um, the Wild Goose is Loose is actually a, a website that has the Wild Goose and, and various products and things like that. Hoodies and T-shirts and coffee cups and journals and the Wild Goose. and All the merch, that, no, the all merch the stuff that we don't have. Right, 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 podcast. right. So the, the website is thewildgooseisloose.com. And the product, the promo code is hope. Wait, it didn't work. We were going to do something. I was going to do a happy thing, but, oh, I have to hit the button. Wait, do that again. And the promo code is hope. Wait, why is it hope? That's exactly right. I knew this was coming. Well, because. (laughs) What happened to Dave and Bob? Well, when they asked it, they said, what's the product code? And I didn't realize it was Dave and Bob. I thought it was Father Dave and Bob. (laughs) You're the one that came up with the promo code. Did it really? Yeah, that was your idea. They said, is it like Father F-A-T-H-E-R or is it like F-R? And said, "Uh, I don't know. And they said, um, what are we going to do? I said, how about we just make it hope? So if you go to the <laughs> Wild Goose is Loose and you and you go to store, it's one of the clicks on store, um, you get 15%. <laughs> Can it be more complicated? H-T-T-P-S colon no, the wild backslash goose is loose. backslash wild goose is loose dot com backslash A lowercase L 539GS dash store. See, you're messing things up now. You're confused at wildgooseisloose.com. Go to store and you can get 15% on product and car insurance and, <laughs> and airline flights and whatever you put in the promo code. So promo code HOPE. And But don't use Dave and Bob. No, just use Use hope. that for every other Catholic site. But for this site, HOPE. And a new book is out. Oh, who wrote it? Did you write it? Yes. Oh, this so, is exciting. So somebody comes up to me at the conference the other day and they said, oh, we saw your new book. I said... No, I don't think because they said Matt Norian. I said, "Oh, you mean that's?" I said, "That's a journal. It's a journal for the video series we did." And they said, um, "We're pretty sure it's a book." So, um, publisher fa- failed to let me know that my oh, new book is out. Congratulations! Yeah. Yes, I just want to give you a heads up. <laughs> yeah, so it's called Living Met- Metanoia, and it's really kind of the text from the uh, Metanoia series, and mm-hmm. just expanded a little bit. So. Yeah, it's it's. I was really pleased about that. So that's out. Uh, apparently, it's yeah. out. I don't have a copy of it yet, but I'm sure it's great. Yeah, uh, Amazon, I guess, and where all fine books are sold. Right, or your 4 p.m. No, it's not there. <laughs> it's not that, that. So you can't get a discount on that either. No. But why don't people buy the book in bulk and mail it to you and you'll <laughs> sign it and send it all That's back to you? That's not a great idea. No, it's not a it's great not idea. A great My idea. apologies to uh, Richard. Uh, uh, somebody 
We didn't think that through. No, totally. you didn't think that through, and I just kind of idly went along with it. But I'm horrible at mailing things to people. So to to Rick Kubrak out there, yes, I have the books. Yes, I will sign them. Yes, I will send them to you. My apologies. Do you even know where the post office is? When's the last time you've been in the post office? I have a th- weird thing about post offices. I, I don't go to them. They're outside. I have to go outside to get to them. And they're small and close spaces. You're and, unbelievable. And You're unbelievable. they look like nurses. Seriously, stop saying this. You're making people think more and more. <laughs> this guy is a total case. I am a, I am a total case. <laughs> You, you and Ethan. You yeah, that's right. Totally I told you I'm, we're going to be so tight, man. Literally in the sub, and yeah. then I'll hyperventilate. There you go. There you, you think go. they would let it up for air if somebody was hyperventilating? Probably. Even though they're in the middle yeah, of like yeah, a yeah, war scenario. Probably. All probably. right, Rice, need, we, we need a breath of air. Man down, man down. Yeah, I'm sure everybody takes a timeout in I'm those sure situations. Everybody sure needs a little They'd bit of They'd probably air. put you like in the torpedo thing just and just shoot me. you out. It's like, get rid of this dude. Seriously. Amen. Can you imagine an accordion inside a submarine? <laughs> Dude, the sound of it. It would kill you in 20 minutes. Or it would be a great way to foil the enemy, right? Because, you know, remember in like, again, the, the historically bing, accurate. Bing, bing, um, where they hear things. Right. Uh, yeah. Hunt for Red October yeah. when they all the Russians were singing a song and they heard them through Actually, does it, through the everyone waters. may not know that you play the accordion. Yeah, I do play the accordion. Nobody listening is surprised. <laughs> You know, it's even sad. I um, some people are like, yeah. Some people are like, oh, you must have learned when you were like a teenager. No, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I was thirty. No, you well, know? you mentioned it last night. We went out last night and just spent some time together. And well, we were talking about they might be giants and weird yeah, yeah, Al which, like, which, concerts. Which, I love to go yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Which I've not heard of one of those, but you heard and, of and Weird you, Al. No weird out, but you said and you said yeah, they play the accordion. I'm, I'm trying to imagine a concert where the guys play the accordion. Anyway, it, it's pretty epic. It's it's pretty epic. Okay, tomorrow is a feast day. Yes, you it said is. One of your favorites. It is. Well, um, it's the feast of Saint John the Baptist, mm-hmm. and it's the Nativity again. One of the few saints that get uh, two feast days. He gets a birth and a death. And um, I love uh, I love John the Baptist. Actually, uh, my oldest son, John Francis, was named after John the Baptist and Francis of Assisi. And I later found out that Francis's name. Was also his his baptismal yeah. name was was John the Baptist and Francis was a was a nickname right yeah yeah and uh, so well what I love about John the Baptist I mean that verse of he must increase I must decrease I love um, just the message of grace that's given to John the Baptist you know that that statement you know no man born of woman is greater than John the Baptist but even the least in the kingdom yeah. of heaven is greater and he wasn't dissing John John is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. I mean, you see his, you, you see him in the beginning of the ushering Gospels, in the ushering yeah, in yeah. the New Testament. And it's almost like uh, the, the Scripture gives us like, this was the best the Old Covenant could do, but here's the New Covenant. And okay, it's I, just gorgeous. Okay, I love John the Baptist. I, I love that when Mary visits Elizabeth. And, yeah. And, you know, just in the womb, filled with Holy Spirit and was what's it say? What's the actual text? Yeah, leapt. It leapt. Yeah, leapt with joy. And just there, that's just a beautiful image to the light of what we we're talking about earlier about abortion and that just the horror of that. That that an unborn baby recognizes, yeah. you know, the Messiah and being in the presence of the Messiah. And that's just I think it's such a beautiful pro life, beautiful image. So that being said, John Baptist was a little strange. Oh yeah, totally. So was Francis, though. Yeah, you're not wrong. But we're talking about John the Baptist, right? Okay, now. sorry. Okay, yes. Yeah. A little too close to home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> let's just, hey, let's man. Just, let's, hey, man, wait. Let's stay on theme here. All right? <laughs> we never talked. We didn't say we we're going to talk about Francis being weird. Right. 
Um, but no, really, I mean, the, some of the things that he did, actually, just a shout out to John Bergsman, who did a book on the Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh. And, he, and he's, he talks a lot about the yes. Essene community that yes. John the Baptist would have been a part of. And just a of. shout out to you and check out Franciscan oh, University's webpage. The interviews you did with John on the Dead Sea Scrolls were, oh, that's awesome, Bob. I appreciate were that. awesome. Yeah, it and, turned out and really just to get that context. Yeah, you can get uh, it on it. YouTube. Right. Yeah, free. it's, yep, it's yep. totally free. So check that out. Yeah. Um, but just the, well, the thing that I love about John the Baptist was he basically was part of a renewal group, hmm. right? So he was, he was living as a, as a Jew in the day, but, but wanted to live more, um, a more rich life, more a deeper spiritual life, a little bit more radical, more intentional. So he was part of the Essene community. But yeah, he, do you think we would have gotten along with John the Baptist? Probably not. You and I? Anyone. Yeah. Do you, do you think you and I would like, John, let's hang out. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to eat with him. That's for sure. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. He was kind of outdoorsy. Yeah. Rugged manly, but holy. I mean, and I think even. And know, courageous. Yes. I mean, co- yes. Unbelievably courageous. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's that authentic holiness. And you know, this might be a good way to wrap up the podcast in terms of, you know, talking about all these various issues. You know, what we need more than documents and uh, teachings is we need saints. And when somebody has a genuine love of God and is genuinely on fire, you can speak the truth. Yeah. You, you can, you know, I mean, Pharisees were coming to him, even though he was yelling at him, but they were still coming kind of because they, yeah. they were yeah. enthralled by him. That you know, Even Herod was enthralled by this man who had something that he didn't. And I, I think really at the heart of all evangelization, it always begins with witness. It always begins with just living what we believe. So, um, yeah, praise God yeah. for that. Yeah, and and yeah, just maybe to close with that, that, you know, I wonder if John the Baptist felt he was being courageous at the time, you know? He was just speaking the truth. And and, and we've both had experiences where people said, oh, you know, I can't believe you said that. That's great. Well, just live the truth, speak in the yeah. truth, and, and let the world decide whether or not what's courageous <laughs> and what isn't courageous. So, right. That's awesome. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, Lord, we just thank you for our time together. It's always a blessing and always a grace. Uh, We ask your Holy Spirit to be poured forth on all those who are listening and those who are viewing this podcast, that they would know your blessing, your peace. Jesus, that individual right now who is struggling the most, who's having the most difficult time, who's just anxious, who is in the midst of depression or despair, Jesus, breathe hope and life into them, uh, knowing that your love is beyond all understanding. May the Lord pour his blessings on you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a good week, Bob. Hey, thanks. You have a great week. And everybody listening, uh, we are so grateful that you did. Uh, Our prayers are with you. If you want to do a shout out, a prayer request, something to plug, you can email us at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. God bless. God bless.